where you'll learn what it takes to create your dream professional dance career. Join us as we dive into the insights and experiences of the world's top dance industry professionals, including dancers, choreographers, agents, casting directors, educators, and other dance industry experts. We explore a diverse range of topics, from personal development and mental skills to audition techniques, creating meaningful industry connections, social media marketing, seeking out dance agents and casting opportunities, on-the-job etiquette, talent unions, pitching to the media, health, finances, and so much more. Here is your host, Menina Fortunato. We have a very surprise special guest that I'm super excited to share with you. This particular dancer I've known since they were a very young competitive dancer. They actually started off as a tapper and then later transitioned to the ballet world with Miami City Ballet. And many of you know this dancer who became more well-known in the public eye on So You Think You Can Dance, who is also in the Hall of Fame recognized as an all-star. He has taught at many conventions. He currently lives in New York. He is now also a social media influencer. So he went from tapper to ballet dancer. So you think you can dance. I think he even worked in, uh, on Broadway. And many of you even know him through TikTok and Instagram. But uh, he is the most versatile, hardworking, busy. I cannot tell you how difficult it was to even get him here. So please help me welcome Alex Wall. Hey. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Dancers, I don't think you realize he is in Seoul, Korea at this very moment at the airport. He's about to board a flight and I was able to nail him down for a few minutes. So we only have a, a short time with him. So we're going to make the best of it. Well, first of all, Alex, thank you so much for, for doing this for the dancers. I know I could see Kiana's face. It's like, what? <laughs> I told you, you didn't want to miss it. <laughs> Anyways, let's start at the beginning. I know I kind of gave you a, a very brief synopsis, but I know a lot of people know you just so you think you can dance, but there was a whole Alex Wong before that. Do you want to just share just kind of the short version of how you got started in dance, how you transitioned professionally and the career path that you have been on over the years? Yeah. Okay. So I actually started, like you said, as a tap dancer when I was seven, I guess jazz and tap, but my studio was strongest in tap. So I was doing that first. And then I kind of, my teacher said, if I wanted to get serious in dancing, I had to start taking ballet. And she actually sent me to another studio <laughs> to do ballet. And I hated that at first. Absolutely hated it. I guess I started when I was 10. And after probably like three or four years, I maybe started to enjoy it or feel neutral about it. And I had really good ballet teachers at the time, which I think kind of helped me decide to pursue ballet also because I felt like it was a little bit more colorblind at the time. Uh, there weren't really that many Asians in the media. And I felt like ballet was a little more colorblind where I wouldn't have trouble getting a job and things like that. Essentially, I did the Prix de Lausanne, which is like a large international ballet competition. And I won that, which kind of gave me my like ticket to join like any ballet company in the world, essentially. So that's kind of what got me into the States when I joined American Ballet Theater. 
And then shortly after, I joined Miami City Ballet. And I was a principal there where I danced for five or six years before I was looking for like a, another transition because I missed doing the other forms of dance. So I was kind of looking at maybe going into a contemporary company like Netherlands Dance Theater or whatever. But then So You Think You Can Dance kind of came around auditioning in Miami and I kind of showed up on a whim. And I remember when I went to the first Vegas week, I realized how much I missed doing those other styles of dance. And that's kind of what put me on the trajectory I'm on now, where I kind of work mostly in film and TV for dance. And yeah, give you a little idea of where I've been and what I've been doing. <laughs> I love that. And, and what, are, what were you doing? Because you just flew from Thailand, I believe, correct? Yeah. What, yeah. Were, you, so, what were you doing there? So I was working on a... So there's a very large Vietnamese show called Paris by Night. Essentially, like, if you're Vietnamese, you know this show. Like, it's, it's, and it's, but it's very within the Vietnamese community, but it's huge. It's been going on for probably about 35 years. So, Menina, if you know any Asians in LA, they've done this job. But, um, <laughs> like, I, pro- I promise you, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Asian job. Like, Kiana, if you were in LA, you would be doing this job. So anyway, so like everyone passes through it. Everyone passes through it. And if you're Asian, you pass through this job. So anyway, I did it many years ago. And it's really, really fun because like the people are great and stuff like that. But sometimes when they travel, I'll like come back and do it. So it was fun for me because I was like, oh, we're going to be in Thailand for a few weeks, like working. And basically they like, they do a couple performances, but they film the whole thing and it gets released or whatever. It's like a, it's a five hour show every time. So we were filming and rehearsing in Thailand. And so because I love Thailand so much, I was like, yep, I'm down. I'll be there. So, but now I'm, I'm returning at the very last moment possible because I have to be in New Orleans tomorrow, I guess, for a, I guess it's like a TikTok convention. It's not a TikTok convention, but it's like I'm speaking at a, at a TikTok type something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you're just flying. You're in Thailand, but now you're in Seoul, and then you're going to New York, and then you're going to New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I thought I traveled a lot. Speaking of TikTok, I mean, this has really been a, a fascinating thing for me to watch you on, on social media because people, especially come from the ballet world, are so not about social media. And then even your generation, not to say that you're a more mature dancer, I guess you can say, but you really, really maximize social media, especially on TikTok, uh, to the point where even my own kids knew who you were when I mentioned your name. They're like, oh. <laughs> so funny. It's wild to me that like people recognize me from TikTok or whatever. Like even in Thailand, like every day someone would be like, oh my God, I follow you on Instagram or I follow you on TikTok, whatever. And I'm like, oh gosh, like the, the reach is just so wide with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I got my initial boost from you know having a bit of a following on Instagram from so you think you dance and I always kind of maintained it but I never really let it I'm, I'm very consistent with the things I do so I'm not on it all the time I am on it a lot for my work just to like essentially like studying the trends and stuff like that but like I don't post my whole life in stories and stuff like that and um I actually don't post that often um <laughs> So, but I'm consistent with it. So I won't disappear for like a month, you know, um, but usually a couple times a week, a little more often with TikTok. But yeah, with TikTok, it really kind of took off during the pandemic and just with everyone connecting and, you know, trying a new social media platform. And so, it's, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's so conducive for dance 
on TikTok. And so it was kind of what I was already doing on Instagram, like those type of videos. So it was, it actually, I just kind of leaned into it and it's been, it's amazing. It's like now it's like a full separate career. Funny enough, I make, what takes me the most time is all my film and TV jobs, dancing, but what makes absolutely the most money is my social media. That's what I find so fascinating <laughs> because it's definitely carved out a different lane for dancers to be able to to make money. I mean, in my generation, it was you wanted to be a dancer for a recording artist. And then this new generation is like, I want to be an influencer. And I'm like, we had Enola Bedar. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. yeah. you danced with her too, who hasn't even had a big career as a working dancer, but is like making a full-time career on social media. So can you yeah. kind of give us an inside track of like what that looks like? What kind of brand deals have come your way or what type of financial opportunities? Maybe you can give the dancers a range of like, a lower point and a high point, how much you can make? Totally. Yeah, I have noticed a lot of dancers. I don't want to say I feel a little bit sad for it because I feel like some of these dancers will never get the chance to, or not will never, but they don't ever end up pursuing like a chance to like dance with people. But it's sad in one way and not sad another way. So like when you're doing your social media, like you are the star, right? So you are the main attraction of whatever channel you, you do, which is great because as dancers, we work so hard to show our craft. And a lot of times when you're doing what we say, backup dancing or whatever, not that it's degrading, but sometimes depending on the production or the choreographer or whatever, you can be treated really badly. And so I think that really deters a lot of people from trying to do it because one, it is so hard. Like Menina, you know, like the audition grind is so hard. And then once you're in the rehearsal room, some choreographers are awful. Sometimes it's a great experience. Some artists are awful to work with and you are just busting your butt. And at the end of the day, sometimes none of it is showing or they're just not grateful for how hard you work. I can see why there are a lot of dancers these days that kind of just go the social media route because you don't have to deal with any of that stuff. You, you, you work on your own time and you do whatever you want to do. You know, in terms of brand partnerships, I think my particular channel is because it's light. I usually stay away from politics and it's very PG, which I make sure to kind of keep my channel PG. That way it is really conducive for a wide array of brands to partner with. So, you know, I work with Starbucks, Disney, Netflix, Amazon, you know, Bonobos, Oral-B, like anything. It, it's literally like every product there is. Like, it's like, I, I try to make myself available too. Amazing. I'm going to be, I'll be totally transparent. My rates for like a sponsorship post start at $15,000. So, so, um, <laughs> That's so, amazing. I love it. Yeah, Congrats. So, and, <laughs> and that is that is a starting rate. So that is without exclusivity. That is without the brand using my videos and stuff like that. Any any kind of exclusivity or brand, whatever, like the rate goes up from there. So that's why a lot of dancers and people that are have a following decide to kind of just do that instead. Because you know, on a dance job, even if I'm doing like a SAG weekly project, I'm making maybe thirty five hundred a week from that. Whereas I can make $15,000 in one post. You know what I mean? So I personally still love dancing on camera and stuff like that. So I find myself, I'm able to do both. It's essentially like doing like two two full-time jobs at the same time. But I do do feel like I genuinely have the time to kind of do it all. But I can understand why a lot of people end up giving up this like, quote unquote, like professional on camera or on stage part of it because financially it may not be worth it if you have such a large following 
depending on your following size and your engagement, what you charge is going to be vastly different. But people start making, you know, like little bits of money to millions and millions of dollars just from doing influencing work, which is which is wild that we live in a time like this. But essentially, for lack of a better word, I am me as a person is essentially like a marketing company because I'm doing kind of commercials and something like back in the day, even five, ten years ago, and especially during Menina's time when she was working as a professional dancer, like one of the things you wanted to book was a national commercial because you know you could get you know thirty thousand dollars for a day of work with social media it's like you're just booking that over and over again multiple times a month so nobody really knows how long it'll last but like i was talking to me the other day it's like we just have to capitalize on whatever comes our way because we also don't know how long the dance career is going to last so yeah so i mean i think that's one of those important things to know is that like do what you love and like and i don't know i feel like I'm lucky to be able to make a career out of it, but also like be able to try a whole bunch of things. For me, one of the things I really like is like variety and being able to try a bunch of different aspects. Like like Benina was saying, like I've I've done Broadway as well. And like I do mostly film and TV because that's the medium I prefer. But I consider that like my full-time job. But then on the weekends I'll travel for conventions. And of course, all at the same time, I'll kind of do my social media. So yeah, that I hope that kind of gives a general idea of. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, I'm curious to know, are you negotiating all your brand deals or do you have a a manager or agent that's handling those type of contracts? Yeah. So I have a separate manager, a separate social media manager that negotiates all of my social media brand deals, which is separate from my dance agency. I wouldn't necessarily say it's... Well, I think once you get to like a bigger point, it's definitely necessary. I think initially it's fine to negotiate yourself and then... At some point, probably the dance agencies will catch up and be able to negotiate it. But for me, I prefer to have a social media agency that specializes in social media so that they kind of know what trends they're seeing just to make sure that we're you know up to par with everyone else. But yeah, I have a separate agency for that specifically. That's amazing. Well, congrats, Alex. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I mean, the answer is like, you don't understand. Like he was... He was this little kid that I, like, my memories of you is your top solo for some reason. When I was teaching a convention at Coquitlam Executive Inn and you took my class, <laughs> I did a Britney combo. And then here you are talking about $15,000 for a post, which literally is a day's work. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I'm so happy for you. You're living the dream. I mean, literally, you are walking from one <laughs> gate to another as we speak. And you get to do what you love. And I'm sure if I asked you 20 years ago, if you would, what you would be doing today, you would not be talking about TikTok and brand deals. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, I, it's so hard to imagine even like two, three years ago that this would be a thing, you know, like it's totally, uh, it's one of those things where you just have to like prepare yourself for as many things as possible to prep yourself that, that you could open doors, you know? So that things are already there when you need it. And like Nina was saying, I wouldn't have even known three years ago that, that this would be a thing. I mean, I always made some money from Instagram the past seven years, but nothing like what it is now. Like the social media game has completely changed since TikTok came on the map. Yeah, it's just different than what it used to be. It's crazy. Now, what would you say is your best advice if you were in the position of these dancers. They're competitive dancers, just graduating high school. Some of them are university. Some of them just finished a dance degree. Some of them are starting to dance professionally. 
What do you wish that you would have known at that age that could have helped you with your career? I mean, for me personally, I wish I took more hip hop classes, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like I, I kind of specialize in like technical stuff and people know that. So like people kind of hire me for that anyway, but like that would be my personal advice for myself. I think general, it's like, well, first, I hope you guys are either in Vancouver or Toronto because I don't think there's any other jobs in Canada that are anywhere else. Well, the majority of the, uh, the kids here are American. Uh, only two. Oh, are amazing. Yeah, the rest amazing. are okay. different parts. Well, then the I US. hope you're in New York or LA. Although the Atlanta scene is, is kind of there too. Honestly, I would say try to be as versatile as you can because for me, that versatility has really kept me employed as a dancer. You know, sometimes I might be doing a ballet job, sometimes I'm doing a hip hop job. Sometimes I'm tapping. Sometimes I'm doing jazz funk. Most of the time it's commercial, commercial dance. But I think that versatility is like really, really important. And honestly, what keeps me employed as a dancer. And also like, if you guys are competing in somebody that like these people you're competing against are going to be your colleagues, like make friends with them, make friends with people. What's going to get you rehired is how you are in the room and how you act as a person and the relationships you make with the choreographer and with other dancers that will be choreographers and will be working on other stuff with you in the future. You know, it's like, sure, you can be a great dancer, might get you your first job or a few jobs or whatever, but if you're horrible to work with in the room, you're not going to get rehired, you know? So I think that's a lot of times um, people kind of forget that it's like, I know as dancers, it's such a social Thing that you get so close with other dancers as you guys know i'm sure you're super close with your peers and stuff like that and you want to hire your friends <laughs> and that's what people do <laughs> so i don't know be great in the room i think that's sometimes um, people kind of forget that i want to open it up to the dancers so dancers if you have a question for alex this is your time we don't have a lot of time left Haley, go for it hi so you said you tapped a lot especially when you were younger and like even now for jobs, what would you say is like the best area and like route to take with that? Cause I'm from like a small town in Canada, definitely not Vancouver or Toronto. And I'm just wondering like taps my like my big thing. It's what I'm best at. So it's kind of seems like it's dying a little bit and I want to know like where I can go to get it. So it's hard. I, I, I definitely agree that tap as like a, as a dance form is more on like the not as popular side. So, you know, a lot of times, if you are tapping, you might need you. I hope your other skills are up to par because like, for instance, like with newsies on Broadway, they required that we were able to tap, but at the same time, like you have to be able to do other technical stuff. Do you know, like Chloe Arnold and like Melinda and somebody that like, they have made careers as tap dancers, but also like Chloe and Maude and somebody that like choreograph other things that are not tap. So it's like, they're creating a lot of their own work you are carving out a lot of your own work. You know, I, it's not often that I see a tap audition and things like that. I mean, I went to one maybe five months ago for Marvelous Miss Maisel. They're only hiring two tap dancers, you know? And then the other, the other roles were for more like technical or commercial jazz kind of type dancers. It's going to be tough. As a tap dancer, you're going to definitely need to branch out. But if that's what you want to do, like you're going to definitely have to kind of create your own work and things like that. Just thinking of jobs that had tap dancers, like I did the Met Gala in May and we had four tap dancers, but we also had 30 non-tap dancers. So it just gives you an idea of how like few and far between those types of jobs may be. 
Well, the good thing is Haley is versatile. She can throw down contemporary ballet, hip hop, <laughs> jazz. I didn't even know you were a tapper. <laughs> there you go. She yeah, likes so- you. She's got the secret secret sauce. I don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure just make sure that those other other things are up to par. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Any other dancers? Probably one more question before we let them go. You guys are like frozen. Take advantage of these opportunities. <laughs> Kiana, do you have a question? You look stunned. <laughs> are you just fangirling right now? <laughs> Kiana's from Vancouver. She's our only Vancouver dancer. <laughs> um, oh, nice. Yeah. Emily Bella. Oh, you guys are pulling the shy card on me. All right. Last call. Emily, is there something you want to get out? No. <laughs> no, I'm just like in shock. Like I just, I have nothing. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> this is an example of your colleagues when you're younger. You'll never know when you guys will cross paths again. I've known Alex since he was a young boy. I've known his mother for many years. I haven't seen him in years. We haven't been able to cross paths in a while, but a lot of this business is all about who you know and who knows you. And because of that relationship from many years ago, you know, here we are reconnecting again. So that's, that is the beauty of, uh, I'm so glad you said that Alex about being, being friends with your peers. Cause you never know, you never know who's going to be in a position really never to, know. To, to hire you or to, uh, to refer you or whatnot. But I thought of a question if we still have time for it. Okay. Really quick. Go for it. Victoria. Yeah. My question is, I guess, like, what do you do to keep up your training and whatnot? I mean, it might be easier just in places like New York, but yeah. Is it like, how is it for you finding uh, places to keep up your training? So (laughs) great question. So a lot of people like, you know, take classes at Broadway Dance Center of Steps and stuff like that. These days, uh, honestly, I don't. Um, a lot of the stuff that I do, I feel like there's nothing really that, that's like technically that hard for me just because of like what I've done. But, you know, I'll take an occasional hip hop class and things like that. But it's difficult when I'm like working on set and things like that to go and take a class afterward or before. It's just not realistic. So like train now. <laughs> train now because like, you're not going to get as much of a chance to do it later. You're training on the job. You, you're, you're on the job training. <laughs> when you're doing your dance job, that's your training. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we all want. I mean, you're, if you're working so much that you don't even have time to train, I mean, that's, that's beautiful. You've, I think you've put in the work, I mean, over the years. You've yeah. Definitely- I mean, I, I still go to the gym and stuff like that, but yeah, in terms of dance classes, I'm not so good at attending. I get it. I <laughs> totally get that part. Right. Well, Alex, any final words that you'd like to share with our group and anybody that's watching? Just work hard, work hard and um, don't forget to enjoy it. I mean, we do it because we love it. So don't forget that. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time out of your crazy travel day. I wish (laughs) you all the best on your journey to New York, New Orleans, the TikTok event. And and congratulations. I mean, seriously, like I love watching your videos actually make me laugh and, and smile all the time. My favorite are your parents. You and your parents. <laughs> They're awesome. I can't believe you got them on camera dancing. That's it's so exactly. funny. They don't even mind, which is funny. Funny, the funniest part. Amazing. I Safe will. travels. See you guys uh, stay later. in touch. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank Good you. Good to so see much. you all. Bye. Bye, Menina.
And that concludes another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. We hope you found today's conversation insightful and gained valuable knowledge. Be sure to join us next time for more inspiring interviews with top professionals in the dance industry. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the Business of Dance on your favorite platform and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by the Business of Dance online mentorship program to help aspiring professional dancers create their dream dance careers. Thank you for listening. Until next time.